Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So I'm going to read a verse really quick. Uh, I believe we've read it a few times during this series, and this is Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. And it says this, For everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Bring good news. The title of the preaching today is Ready, Set, Go. Ready, set, go. And I, and I, wanna, I want you guys to come with me to Matthew 10. And in Matthew 10, it's, it's a very interesting passage. Jesus is, is giving authority to his disciples to, to go. And uh, he, he, at the beginning, he begins to speak about um, giving them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And he's sending them to go that later on in the passage, he begins to warn them about persecution about the, the cost and the price of what it is to go and preach, to go and, and, and do what he's asking and telling them to do. And also he says, listen, don't be quick to, to respond or to think about what you're going to respond to people when they accuse you or challenge you or speak about you. And then it gets to a verse that really caught my attention, and it's verse 27. And if you go with me, let's just read it really quick. And this is what it says. Matthew 10 Chapter 10, verse 27. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. First point that I want to give you is that going is a supernatural thing. Okay? Going is something that's supernatural. I know it doesn't sound supernatural, but going is supernatural. And in this, in this, this verse, two phrases, there's two phrases in this verse. One, it says this, what I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. See, a lot of us get excited when we talk about preaching the gospel. We, we get excited about getting on a stage or going outside and, and bringing prophetic words and, and all these things. And we get excited about, about talking to other people about what Jesus has done in our lives and being, being someone that, that says, goes to the rooftops and says, hey, Jesus loves you and Jesus wa- wants you and he died for you and all these things. We, we're hyped about the rooftops, but not so hyped about the whisper. We like going and preaching and we like maybe because maybe it's, it's more, uh, I don't know, you're more visible or whatever the case may be. Or you get that adrenaline rush from being in front of people or God moving through you. But he says that you will shout from the roof, rooftops, but that's after you hear the whisper. Are you guys with me? Yeah? You can respond to me. I, don't, I really don't like talking to myself. So you can say, you can, you can shout something like, preach a morenito or... Preacher shorty, or amen, or mm-hmm, anyone, anyone's good. All right, you got it? All right, good. All right. So when the thing that, that catches my attention is that when you whisper, <clears throat> you usually whisper when you're telling something, saying something specific, very specific to a very specific person that you don't want anybody else to hear, yes? 
oh, he, oh, you're telling a secret, you know? You tell a secret. You don't, you don't want to shout at everybody here because it's a secret. Or sometimes, you know, when, when you know, if you, uh, husbands and wives, yes, husbands and wives, raise your hands. Okay? And, you, you know, you're, you're romantic with your, with your wife and your, and your husband and you're just eye to eye, really, really, really close. It would be weird in the middle of that, like romance, the lights are dim, and you're like, I love you! You, you, you know? Your wife will probably like, what's wrong with you? This, this, what are you doing? In, in a moment of intimacy, you know, you, you usually use a whisper. And if you want to whisper to somebody, you have to be real close. Yeah? Some of you guys are whispering to each other now. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you don't want people to hear you that you're talking during the service, you whisper. And that's what happens. I believe that before we can shout on the rooftops, we, there needs to be a closeness to Christ Jesus. Because if not, what do you have to shout if you're not hearing anything from him? You hear with me? Jesus says that I do whatever I hear the Father say. So whatever, everything that he did is when he, he, he heard from Father God. And a lot of the times we like to go and do and preach and all these things, but we don't spend time with God. We're not intimate with him. There's no whispering. There's only shouting. We don't hear to his whisper. We don't listen to the Holy Spirit guiding us and telling us this is what you need to do. And that whisper is essential if you want to shout from the rooftops. If you want to be someone that, that goes and preaches the gospel and, and, and preaches about Jesus... The whisper is essential. We should have just as much desire for the whisper than we do for the shouting on the rooftop. We need to be a, a, a church that is excited to be in that intimate place with Jesus and listening to his voice. So that we can go to the rooftop and shout with confidence. And shout with boldness. And shout with courage. Amen. I look at what's happening in Cuba. They're tired. And they're just crying out for freedom. They're crying out for something to change. A boldness. A boldness. Things that have been hidden for, for, for decades. Something has been stirring in the people. And now there's a boldness that says, you're not going to keep me quiet to the point that they're willing to lay their life down. Can we be a church with that boldness? That says, you know what, behind the scenes where nobody sees, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the whisper so I can preach. So I can, so I can stand when no one else wants to stand. So I can shout when everybody else is quiet. So I can be a light when, it's, when everything around me is dark. It's easy to be, you know, in the church, inside the church building. Especially when you got this nice carpet. It's, it's easy, right? But once we go out there and things start happening, or like uh, my sister Marcella was saying, it's like the promises don't seem like they're coming. What's going to happen then? That's where the whisper takes control and turns into a shout. The second phrase that it says what I tell you in darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. I want you guys to turn with me in Mark, Mark 135. Because, you know, when we look at, <clears throat> when we look at, when we hear darkness, sometimes it has a, a negative connotation and it's normal for that to happen. 
But I want you guys to look at this verse. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. While it was still dark. See, while, while it was still dark, Jesus left his house and went to pray by himself. See, while it's still dark is a place of solitude. While, while, while it's still dark, it's a place of stillness. While it's still dark is a place where Jesus went to strengthen himself. Because he was 100% God and 100% man. And he felt everything that we felt. That's the place where he went to have intimacy with his father, to hear his instruction. And just like him, we are supposed to do, do the same. Look for that place of solitude. Look for that place of stillness. Look for that place where no one can interrupt and no one can disturb you. Where no one can say, hey, 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 hey. Where your phone is off and your family's sleeping. That's why I believe, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have your quiet time in the morning. But I believe, I mean, I'm a morning person just as it is. But to me, it's, it's something happens in the morning, early in the morning before everything else starts. When everybody's sleeping and you're going after him. While, it's, while it was still dark, when nobody sees, when nobody else is around you, you're going after God. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. I believe that Jesus is always near. But something happens when we intentionally draw near. That's what the Bible says. As we draw near to you, you're coming. So you're taking a step to Jesus and, and God, he's taking four to you. But it's us that we're initiating that, that movement. We initiate that movement. I mean, he initiated everything by loving. The Bible says that we love him because he loved us first. But what I'm saying, and there's a moment that we decide to go after Jesus. And that makes, I think that moves him to draw near to us. So it's like a closeness that begins to happen. And then what happens is that at daybreak, you, there's that word again, and we shout. If you realize the birthplace of the shouting is not, ah, it's not, ah, it's not anger. The birthplace of, 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 the, of the shout, whether it's from the rooftops or whether it's at daybreak, is a whisper and in solitude. Being still. Have, it's hard for, you, for us to be still. I'm, 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 I'm super inquieto. Like, I, I move all the time. I'm sitting there and my legs going like this. I'm always moving. It's hard for me to stay still. But even worse, harder is to, is to keep your soul still. Yeah? Yeah? Am I the only one that deals with that? Or, is, or, or we deal with that as, as believers? To quiet your soul. Like, shh, be still. To hear what God is doing. To, to sense where he's, what he's saying, where he's moving you to. There's nothing wrong with, with going and, 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 and preaching and doing good deeds. I believe those good deeds, we're called to do good deeds. As a matter of fact, I remember one time we were at, uh, I think it was P.F. Chang's. How many guys like P.F. Chang's? P.F. Chang's, the bomb. Lettuce wraps, amazing. Um, and we were, my wife and I, I think we were on date night. And we were there and all of a sudden the waiter comes. And, my, and we were talking and we're eating. And all of a sudden my wife's like, I, I feel like we need to give... Um, the waiter, uh, uh, like a, a big tip. So I'm thinking, like, how big? Like, 
30%. Like, what, you used to talk number. Like, what, what, what percentage? She was like, I think it was 100 bucks, right? 100 bucks. So I don't know what percentage it was. I think it was more than the bill. And uh, so he comes over. She just sensed that. She, she, she heard that, that, that whisper. And, and we're like, hey, uh, listen, man, uh, we don't know you, but we feel from, from God to give you uh, this, this tip. And we hand him around. And he looked at it. He's like, what? And he's just, his eyes open. He said, you guys are not going to believe it. Today's my birthday. <laughs> it's crazy. If you listen to the whisper, your actions shout. That guy remember, never, maybe never experienced God before. We didn't get to have an extensive conversation because he's working, right? You know, we don't want to get him fired. You know? But I'm sure just by the facial expression that he has that he was impacted by something so subtle as a, a tip. And I know we have those cards. I believe we've given those cards this whole entire month that we go. And when you do something like that, you give them a card, you know, so we can place, so they can come here and, 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 and experience community and experience love, Jesus. But if we don't spend that time in solitude, in, in, uh, you know, when, it was when it's still dark. And I don't, listen, I'm not telling you that you need to have it in the morning. But when it's still dark, it's just a phrase that means that you need to go to a place of solitude. You need to go to a place where nobody else can disturb you. You need to go to a place where you and the spirit of God can, can just have intimacy. That you can hear, that he can fill you with his, himself. So that when you go out, you're not giving from, 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 from the, almost on empty, but that it's just an overflow of what you lived or what you spent with Jesus. And it's just overflowing to everybody. That everybody that gets around you gets wet. Can sense what, what, what's on the inside of you. You guys hearing me? See, because we want to preach the gospel, but we want to do it in our own strength. And it's not by power or by might, it's by the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, then what really do we have to offer? There's a bunch of people that are doing good deeds, but not many that are doing God deeds. There's only one person that's good, and that's Jesus. There's nobody else that's good. So if you, the only way you can do good deeds is if you spend time with God. Are you hearing me? Mark 9, verse 20 through 29. Oh, my goodness. This, this clock is definitely broken. I, I, I agree with Pastor Milton says. 18 minutes. My goodness. I'm going to fly through this. Check this out. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has, it been, has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. I just want to stop there for a second. And I want to talk to you guys and the people that are watching me through the camera. Or you're hearing me, you know, in your car, whatever the case you're doing, listening to this preaching. I want you guys to know that if you believe anything is possible, if you believe in Jesus and that he is who he says he is, anything is possible. You might be sick right now. You might be dealing with disease. You might be going through a financial uh, situation. You might be going through a family situation. What I want to tell you today, that if you believe anything is possible, anything, anything is anything. I'm talking about anything. 
And I, I declare that no sickness or disease, no, 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 no lack of, of finances or resources, none of those things are going to be able to stop the fire and the passion that's in your heart. I, I declare that anything is possible. And if you're going through right now, I pray, I pray that you have the, the, the strength and the perseverance through him to be able to take one more step forward. Amen? It's not a leap of faith. It's a step of faith. Take a step forward. Just one step. That's all you need to do. And I guarantee you, eventually, you'll see him. Yeah? Let's go down to verse 28. This is after everything happens. The, the, you know, Jesus cast out the demon, and this is what happens. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Look what Jesus' reply says. Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Question, did Jesus pray at that moment? No, he just cast out the demon, right? So then what prayer is he talking about? Where? When it was still dark. There's something that happens when you have a when it's still dark moment. There's something that happens when you set apart a time in the beginning of your day or any time in your day to go after Jesus with everything that you are, with no distractions. Something changes. The spiritual realm recognizes those when, when, it's, when it was still dark moments. We spend so much time, check this out, we spend so much time Im imitating everything that Jesus did in, in, in the Gospels. We spend so much time imitating the, the you know, the, the praying for the sick. We spend so much time imitating, you know, casting out demons and, and, doing, and doing all these things and, and meetings and gatherings. You know what the first thing, thing that he did every day? When it was still dark. Why is it so hard for us to imitate that? Maybe our walk wouldn't be as difficult if we spent most of our time in those when it was still dark moments. In the moments of whispers. God is challenging us to go and be a light, to go and speak and preach the gospel. But it doesn't start when you're out there in the streets. It starts when you're in your house behind closed doors and nobody sees you. That's where it starts. What are you doing in that quiet place? What are you doing in that secret place? Are you going after him? The going is a supernatural thing. Second point, healing is in the going. <clears throat> Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I'm going to read as fast as I can. As Jesus continued on, on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village, there are ten men with, lepros with leprosy, stood at the distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of leprosy. I'm going I'm to read till there. The word testify means to witness or to give evidence, like in a courtroom, yes? When somebody testifies, they're, they're a witness that's... You know, bringing evidence forth to prove, so, to prove something so that the judge can bring a judgment. So that what happens is that the visit, so Jesus, in the scripture says, Jesus didn't say when like, oh, Jesus, heal us, we have leprosy. You know what he says? He didn't say you'd be healed. He says, go show yourself to the priest. Why would he do that? Because back in the day, in order for you to join society again, you would have to go to the priest and show yourself cleansed. Of leprosy. 
Yes? So then why did Jesus tell him to go testify, to go give evidence, because that's what a testifying means, to a priest if he didn't heal him yet? Because that's what happened. Imagine being those, 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 those lepers, okay, going short, like, Jesus, heal me. Please heal me. You know, those, these are men that have been separated from their families, from the community. Their, their, their body parts are falling off, skin, nose, you know, uh, fingers, toes, bunch of stuff. They, they, they reek. They're, they reek with, 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 uh, with rotten skin. These are people that have been excommunicated, rejected. Imagine the desperation that they have. And they say, Jesus, heal me. And they're like, and he's like, well, go show yourself to the priest. They must be thinking, for what? Like, why am I going to go? So they can tell me I'm a leper. I already know I'm a leper. And they begin to walk. And the Bible says that as they were on their way, they were cleansed of their leprosy. He sent them to testify without having any evidence or having witnessed any change in their situation. Don't you love, and this is a side note. Don't you love Jesus, how he uses, he uses us to testify about who he is with us still having issues? Man, he's so good, but that makes me fall in love with Jesus. He just told 10 lepers, listen, you're, you're, you guys are, are, are sick, but I want you to go testify. And they had no evidence of God's work yet. And listen, and we, we, we come down on those guys. Those 10 lepers, man, but they, I, I don't know. Imagine if you haven't seen your, 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 your kid or your wife for like, I don't know, four years. That you haven't been able to, to, to hug your child. You haven't been able to kiss your wife for four or five years. Imagine having that going on in your life. And I, I'm not judging them, but nine of them left. They never came back, and one of them came back. But the whole point is this, that their healing didn't happen at the moment. Their healing happened as they were on the way to testify about something that God hadn't even done yet. Maybe the going has to do with something with healing. And I, and I found another story in John. Once, John 9, verses 1 through 7. And I'm just going to read uh, verse 6 and 7. But there's this guy, he's blind. Everybody's asking Jesus, why is he blind? Is it because of his sin or his father's sin? He says it's not because of that, so that he can be glorified. And then the, the guy comes and he gets, I mean, I don't think about doing this. Well, can I tell you a little quick story? When I was, a, uh, we went to a retreat one time, and this is going to sound funny, but, you know, we were praying for a kid and he was deaf. And a, a couple of pastors, you know, a, a friend of ours, you know, they were there and they were praying and, and I was in the back. I don't, I don't even think, I wasn't a pastor, I was a youth leader. And I remember I was in the back, you know, Melly was there, Dre was there, we were all back there. And, and me and Jerry, we've been talking, and they were like, uh, Max, come to the front so you can pray. And I'm like, in my head, can I be honest with you? Okay, yeah, can I be honest with you? So in my head, I'm thinking, man, you got three pastors up there. I'm not even a pastor. There, there's nothing happening. Like, why you got to make me go up there and look back? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's in my head. I was like, why? I don't need to go up there. Yeah? Like, this is like, uh, they're like at a different level of anointing. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're pastors. And they called, and I'm up there, and all of a sudden, I hear a whisper, and it's the craziest thing. And, he's, and the Holy Spirit tells me, I need you to put your, hand, your finger in your mouth. This is pre-COVID, just making sure. A finger in your mouth. And I want you to put your finger in his ear. So the, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, I'm low school. That's a wet willy, y'all. Like, the Holy Spirit was telling me to give that kid a wet willy. And I'm like, 
what? I'm like, in there. So I'm like, all right, man. So I'm like, you know, we're praying. All of a sudden, you know, I just get my hand closer to my mouth. I'm trying to be subtle. You know, I do one of these. Put my hand back up, you know what I'm saying? I start getting close, put my hand on his head, inching down, inching down. And I'm like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, and I prayed for him. And I took my hand out. And I'm like, all right. And the, and the Lord healed him. Now, I don't know if it was my wet willy or if it was just the persistent prayer of the pastors and the leaders. But the point is that I was obedient and it was silly. Sometimes the going doesn't make sense. Yeah? Sometimes the going uh, doesn't add up. You know, two plus two is seven. No, it's not that. Like you try to figure things out with the natural mind. That's why it's so important to be in the quiet place. So... You understand that the going is a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. It's like foolishness to, to, the, to, to, to our human mind and our concepts. It's foolishness. Then he spit on the ground. Imagine this, but we look at this. I was like, oh, that's so cool. No, if it was you, you wouldn't think it was so cool. Imagine a pastor came to a church and he spit on his hand and then got dirt and it put it on your face. Yo, hold up, bro. What you doing, man? Yo. You know, I've been spit on when somebody's praying for me. It's one of those, like, you do, you do the matrix, like, whoa, you know, so you don't get the spit on you. But this is what he says. The spit on the ground and mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind guy's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Some of us have been praying like this man. The Bible says that this man was, was blind since birth. Some of us have been dealing with some issues from, from maybe your infancy or childhood or for 10 years or 12 years or 15 years, whatever the case may be. This man was dealing, he was born like this. So all his life, I don't know how old he was. And he received his, his healing when he went and washed himself in the pool of scent. I believe that there's a healing that happens in our lives when we take our focus of ourselves and we begin to focus our eyes and our attention, our affection towards other people. I believe that something shifts in the spirit when we begin to go and give of ourselves instead of focusing on ourselves. There's healing in the going. And this man received this healing in the pool of being sent. Numa Church, what about if we believe God? What about if we believe God for what, for what he's doing and what he's done and what he's about to do? And go out and be a light and preach the gospel to all that we know. And those that we don't know, because our healing is in that going. How many of you guys want to receive healing? Amen. I'll take it if you don't want it. And I'm talking about, it's not just physical healing, it's emotional wounds. It's, 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 you know what it is when you, I remember I saw a miracle. I prayed for an old lady with a friend of mine, Kevin. We were in Long John Silver's, and there was like this whole thing going. I never prayed for anybody that was sick. I was like, and, 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 and Kevin was like, oh, can we pray for you? And he's like that, and he was like setting it up, and all of a sudden he's like, okay, Max, pray. And I'm like, you can't do me like that, bro. I'm not prepared for this, bro. You know, this is not how my mind works. Like, I can't be doing these things. And I'm like, all right. So I, I told the old lady, I was like, oh, can I lay my hands on you? And she was Spanish, and she's like, you can put your hands wherever you want. I'm like, woo. Like, Hold up, little lady. I'm a, I'm a married man. And I prayed for her. She had, a, she had a cane. She was limping. And I, I, and I prayed for her. 
And then she tried walking. And then the first two steps, she went like this. And then all of a sudden, the, the limp was gone. And she's like, I'm healed. And I'm like, you're healed? I mean, yes, you're healed. You know, I was, I was so, I'm so much shocked. Man, you guys, we were created for such a time as this. You are here in the midst of all this craziness because God said so. So when you go out there, you're not going out there with insecurities. You're going out there that you were born and designed for this season. Go out there with boldness. Amen? Okay. Going isn't, point three, going isn't an option. I'm going to read a verse. Do you guys have the video? No? Not yet? Okay. Hopefully you can get it. But you, this is Acts 1.8. This is what it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The band can come up. Whenever you're ready. If you guys can give me a sign if you have the, the video ready. Okay. Thank you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're in the middle of the Olympics. How many of you guys are watching the Olympics? Thank you, Papa. Love you. How many of you guys are watching the Olympics? No? <laughs> Two people? It's crazy how people don't watch the Olympics anymore, man. Especially with our, with our basketball team losing the first two. You lost again? Help us, Jesus. Somebody needs to go and... and <laughs> they need to go to the... They need to go hear, hear the whisper. <laughs> it's struggling. I had a video for you guys. I, if we don't get it up, I'm just going to kind of tell you what this is. So there's this man. And this man, uh, he, he runs in the Olympics. But he never receives a prize. He's been part of a, of a, of a world record in the 100 meter. He's won that race. And never received the prize. And the reason is because he's not the one that's racing. He's tethered to a man by the arm. And the man that's tethered to him is blind. Can't see. So this man trains. This man sacrifices what he eats and his time and everything, his energy. This man does everything that you need to do to win a gold medal in the Olympics but never have received the, received the prize because the one that actually receives the prize is the blind man that he's racing with. And the video shows him, they get on the block, bam, and they start running. And you see them tethered and they're running and they're running and they're running. I think they're in the second or third lane. And all of a sudden they spread and at the end somebody's trying to catch him but he ends up winning. And he's like, and they're, 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 they pass the finish line, they're jumping in the air, and the, and the guy that, that, that I'm talking to you about, he begins to, to, to tell everybody to cheer because he can't see. 
And he's like, cheer. Come on. That's a picture of what we should be. Giving our lives so that someone else can get the prize. Doing whatever it takes so that someone that's blind and can't see can get to somewhere that they would never get to if it wasn't for you. There's neighbors around us. There's family friends and family and friends around us. There's people at your work that are like that blind man in that race. They can't see. They don't know Jesus. They don't know that there's good news for them. They don't know that there's healing and restoration. That there's unconditional love that will never cease to be given to them. They don't know that there's peace in the middle of a pandemic. They don't know that there's strength when you can't go no more. Imagine, I don't know if you guys have thought of this. Have you ever thought after receiving, imagine living life without Jesus. Now that you know him. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how depressing that is? And how hopeless that is. There's a bunch of people running this race called the life. And they're blind. And God is calling you to run beside them. He's calling me to run beside them. But there's a price to pay. Got the video? You guys want to see the video even though I just said everything? All right, I want to see it too. Check it out. Can you see with this here? There's an Olympian named Jerome Avery.
Father, but I don't think I need to preach after that. Can, can, can Christ count on you to be like Jerome? Right now, you, at the top of your head, you can think about maybe 10 to 15 people that you know are, they need Jesus desperately. Can we be like Jerome? At the beginning of the race, you saw him pointing when they were cheering. That's crazy, man. That's, you know, sometimes you don't even see that in the church. There's that competition and stuff like that. <gasps> church? No. He's pointing to, come on. And he runs his butt off. He never sees, he doesn't have any gold medals. I think the guy was named David, right? He said, David? David has all the medals. <laughs> I think Jerome's reward is something else. And our reward is not medals and trophies and applauses and a cheering section. Our reward is when we get to heaven and you look into your Savior's eyes and he tells you, good job, good job. Job well done, good and faithful servant. Come on, man. I don't know about you, but that's my heart's desire. We're going to do nothing else, right? If you can stand up, just lift up your hands and as we sing this. And just let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. Just listen to the whisper. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet Caught up in this whole moment I never want to Nothing else will do I just 
this place finishing this series closing it out and you want to make a commitment not to me or to a pastor or a preacher but to God to go after him with everything that you are in that quiet place to hear that whisper and as you go be healed and transformed by his love and commit and understand that going is not an option if that is you today I just want you to raise your hand where you're at and I want to pray if you say that's me like I've been sitting on the sidelines for too long I've been I've been a spectator I haven't been preaching the gospel to the lost. I've been ashamed. I've been scared. I've been nervous. There's fear in my heart. But today you said, I'm done with that. I'm going after Jesus. And I'm going to love people. And I'm going to preach from the rooftops. I'm going to shout at at the break of day. I'm going to go and lay my hands on the sick. I'm going to go and give prophetic words. I'm going to go give holy wet willies. Whatever it is that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is asking you to do, I commit to that. If that is you, raise your hand high. High. Don't be ashamed. High. Father, I pray that you are seeing these hands and the commitment, my God, that we're making to you today. We will not stay quiet. We will preach the good news, my God, to people that are around us. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us and give us the boldness and the courage to step out in faith and be a test, uh, uh, be, give you a living testimony to those that don't know you, my God. I pray, Father God, against the spirit of fear. And I pray against the spirit of doubt, my God. And I pray that faith arises in each and every one of my brothers and sisters, my God. And that we are light in the midst of darkness. You have have been born and created and designed for such a time as this. I thank you. And if you're here for the first time, or second or third, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, listen, I lost my mom when I was 13, my grandma when I was 15, my dad got locked up when I was 16. And I, was, I tried to kill myself twice, dealt with depression, was in gangs and drugs and all these things. And what changed my life wasn't a religion. It wasn't rules and laws. What changed my life was a, a, a person, a man, and his name is Jesus. And he showed himself real and true to me. And if you never made a decision to trust Jesus with your heart, to trust Jesus with your life, and you want to make it today, I want you to raise your hand. If not, then you know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everyone here. I'm going to close out the service. If you've never made that decision, and if everybody's here is family, then praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for this amazing series, my God. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for exhorting us. Thank you for lifting us up, my God. I pray, Father God, that revival stirs in our hearts. I pray, my God, that as we go after you, that our heart would be set ablaze for you, my God, and the things that matter to you. I pray, Father God, for a personal revival and a revival in this city, my God, that Numa Church, Father God, would go, would go, would go, would go, my God, to the lost, for those, to those that need you most, Father. 
I bless, Father God, my brothers and sisters. I bless this spiritual house. And I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.